Fun fact, I was the first Lululemon ambassador here in the state of Arizona back in like circa 2005, 2006. How cool is this then that Lulu is back in your life again? Yeah, it's, it's amazing because guys, I'm so excited to tell you about this Lululemon 10K tour. It's coming to Scottsdale and we're going to be running it with you. Wait. Wait, wait, I thought we were just promoting the 10K. I don't know that I'm ready to run this thing, bro. Relax, bro, relax. You and everybody listening totally has this because new for 2023 is this 10K tour training program, which you can use, Matthew, and I can use it, and anybody else, which will be hosted on the Lululemon Studio app. The date is November 12th and the course is unreal. Now, if you can't join us, you can participate virtually wherever you live. Plus, your participation will activate a donation to the National Alliance for Mental Illness. Visit lululemon10ktour.com to sign up today. It's, it's a mouthful. Lululemon 10, then the letter K, tour. Dot com to sign up today. Yeah, go sign up now, either virtually or in person, and you can run with us November 12th for the Lululemon 10K Tour in Scottsdale, guys. You'll get a Lululemon participant shirt, a finisher medal, an exclusive 10K training program, and all of the amazing pre- and post-race amenities, including yoga, meditation, even a post-race treat. Go to Lululemon. 10ktour.com. That's Lululemon, the number 1010ktour.com to sign up right now with a group of friends. This episode of the I Needed That Podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Neurogum and Mints, buddy. I've been hearing for some friends, Chris. Everybody's on the Neurogum and Mints kick. They dig it. <laughs> I know. You think it's, as long as they just try it, we know they're going to like it. Yeah. So they're, they're throwing a good parties. <laughs> Wait, I don't think you can explain enough this little caffeine hack that you have and the reason that I think it's such a neat thing for people to try it. Yeah, well, we were just talking about it again this, this morning. morning. I know. And the, the, here's here's the best part about it is when you understand how your body is going to adapt to any kind of formula, any kind of caffeine and theanine, etc. Um, you, you always get that amazing feeling at first for the first few weeks, and then it starts to taper off a little bit. And that's it's funny because I, I kind of I have a rotation of between like coffee and an energy drink powder. And then as soon as you said, hey, hey, try one of these neuro mints, it was great because I got that pick me up. Like like when I had a cup of coffee for the very first time. Well, throw down right now. We've got a link waiting for you inside the show notes to link to NeuroGum and Mints. Uh, also, let's have uh, just a quick discussion about BetterHelp because we're getting some great feedback on there too. You and I both experienced therapy. We both have done talk therapy. We've both done other modalities. Um, give me give me one of your biggest takeaways from talk therapy, man. It's something that you, you use even to this day. Well, you know, the one thing having literally just spoken with my therapist a week and a half ago, going through my own things. Um, we have the answers inside, but we need that connection with someone else to help us find them. And that's, I've been doing therapy for seven plus years and every single therapist, they, they just know how to ask the right questions to help us find the answers inside of us. But the thing is I've, in 45 years of my life, I haven't been able to find it myself. It's always been in the interaction, the connection with another human who also kind of can understand it because they're, they're not in the, 
they're not in the forest, right? They're, they're not stuck in it. So they can step outside. They can see where my mind might be going, ask a couple questions and give me that aha moment. And it's, it has changed my life significantly. How about yourself? Well, it's I the mean, truth, man. I just think that's what it is. They ask you the question so you can find the answers yourself. That's it. Because we all know we're never going to change anything about ourselves until we're ready to change. Bingo. And we're not going to ever be ready to change until we see it in yeah. ourselves. Like, oh. So right. yeah, if you want to save 10% on your first month of BetterHelp, we've got a link sh- uh, set up for you guys in the show notes. You can just head on over to uh, the I Need of That podcast, open up any one of our show notes and the links there at the bottom for both NeuroGum and Mints and BetterHelp. Should we do a podcast? Well, absolutely. Let's, Let's go. go. I needed that. Go. I, I'm, I'm down for that. I Let's think go. that's cool. Well, Chris's podcast, I Needed That, co-hosted by Matthew Blades, is available on all streaming platforms, everybody. There is a direct link with the, the neuroscience of this, and it's all about goal setting. I walked away from my radio show with a year left on my contract. Again, we were talking with Rachel from season five of my show. I had a dream about you the other day where you were singing. <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't know what no, it was, but it you were singing. A dream. That was a dream. That's a nightmare. <laughs> Here we go, my friend. Welcome to the I Needed That Podcast. This is episode number 41. We are slowly climbing up the ladder. Slowly but surely, but they just keep getting better and better. I hope so. And today we have such a transformational treat for you guys. Cannot wait to get into this conversation. Mm. But before we jump down the road of today's podcast, we have some major gratitude to express to you yes. for coming out to our live podcast broadcast at Lululemon up in Scottsdale a couple of days ago. Oh, that was incredible. So much fun. Yes. Thank you guys so much for coming out, hanging out with us, participating in the show. I hope you guys had as much fun as we did. Now, hopefully that same group of people is signed up for the Lululemon 10K Tour, which we are going to be running together November 12th. Yes. In Scottsdale. And don't be scared. Remember, most of the people there, they haven't done it either. And they're just going from the couch to a 10K nice and easy walk run. You move at your own pace, but we're all going to do it together. It's going to be one big family out there supporting each other, loving each other. And we're all going to, we'll all cross the finish line eventually some of us together, some of us not together, but we're going to cross the finish line eventually. I am pretty sure. Here's the story <laughs> in my head. I am pretty sure. You ever seen those marathon uh, videos where the person at the end, like they can barely control their bodily functions. <laughs> yes. They're just kind of running. They look like a marshmallow. Yes. That's what I imagine I'm going to look like at the end of the 10K. It's going to be like my limbs stop working. My legs stop working. I turn yeah. into Gumby. No, don't worry. That's not, that's not going to happen. It's just, sure? a, it's just a 10K and you we're, sure? we're going to walk jogging. We'll have a blast. (laughs) All right. Plenty of time to get signed up. We'd love for you guys to join us at that uh, 10K tour up in Scottsdale. The link's in the show notes. You can hit that. We're going to get to name that tune today. We got a deep dive on... Well, actually, I don't even want to give too much away because our guest today lends himself to that deep dive about writing yourself back into your life. You know, because whether we know it or not, consciously or subconsciously, so many of us are literally writing ourselves out of our own lives. And you can get to a point where you wake up one day and you go, who am I? What am I about? What is this life I'm trying to to live? And there is ways for you to write yourself back into your life. And that'll be a little bit of today's deep dive. But I think it's as good a time as any to bring in our guest. I think it is. I've been I've been really, really excited to interview this individual. I've had no no prior past experience with him, but I've been so inspired and motivated by his journey 
And now following him on Instagram, man, like he gives these motivational talks and educational talks. He's spot on. He's so good. All right. So yeah. I, I actually have one of those educational, motivational speeches. And then we'll go. So we'll, it will start with this and then we'll bring Bishoy into the frame. You ready? Let's go. Yeah. All right. So this is from his Instagram feed the other day. And I'm going to ask you, Chris, did he get this right? Oh, okay. okay so let's you're, go. you're grading his homework. Right Here we go. <laughs> all right. I'll keep asking how I built all that muscle while losing weight. And the truth is, man, I had a decent amount of muscle hiding under all that fat. But the problem is when most people try to lose weight, they end up losing a shit ton of muscle in the process. And the main reason for that is they're in such a high calorie deficit and they're not eating enough protein. So why is protein important? Why does it even help with building or keeping muscle mass? Our muscles are made up of tiny units called muscle fibers. They're the building blocks of your muscles. Protein is made up of even smaller units called amino acids. They're the building blocks of the muscle fibers. And so when you work out, you're actually tearing your muscle fibers. You're breaking them down. Now, when you eat protein, your body breaks down that protein into amino acids and then uses those amino acids to repair the damaged muscle fibers. And this is where most people go wrong. They're trying to lose weight. So they start working out and working out like crazy, which breaks down their muscle fibers, but then they're not eating enough protein to repair those muscle fibers. All right, so hold on. How did he do? Dude, How did Bashoy do? I feel like I'm back in physiology class in college right now, man. He, <laughs> he, he absolutely nailed it. And that's, that's the kind of content he's putting out there. It's just purely educational, but at the same time, he speaks with so much passion. There's so much motivation behind it, but like he's spitting truth. And he's been through it, and he's lived it, and now he's like he's like a walking billboard for this stuff. So I love it, Bashoy. Welcome to the I Needed Thank That you podcast. Guys. Thanks for having me, guys. Super happy to be on. Oh, I'm awesome, looking man. forward to hearing your journey, man, because you are one shredded dude at this stage. <laughs> we're, of trying, the we're trying. We're trying. We're <laughs> trying. But it, it hasn't always been that way. Now, I, I'm, I actually want to go to one of the things he said in that clip, which he said, you know, listen, bottom line for me is I did have a ton of muscle underneath all of this. So where did some of that early strength come from? Were, were you like uh, an athlete as a, as a teenager? No. So I, I grew up fat my whole life. So I was from like probably as soon as I was born and I grew up like all of elementary school, all of high school, I was a chubby kid. Like in grade 10, which I don't even know how old you are. I think you're like 16 at that point. I was 260 pounds of just fat. Like I was not built at all. And in grade 10, I decided like, man, if I'm going to get any girls, you know, trying to get the attention from the ladies, I got to get in shape thinking like that was going to draw the attention I wanted. And so I just went hard in the gym. I went hard in cardio. I would run around my high school track in, uh, during my lunch, go home, crush a br- crush like lunch, and then go back to school and do the rest of school and then weight train in my weight in the school weight room after school. And so I did that for eight months. I lost 80 pounds, got down to 180 wow. and it was great. And then I did that. And then I lived and breathed fitness for literally the next, you know, seven years. So like up until 22, that was my life. Like I was, I, I have videos on me, like of me in like high school deadlifting, like six plates aside. Like I was pretty big by then. And then all of a sudden, you know, grade to, or university hit, you know, I was like coming near the end of school started a business with one of my friends and that kind of took over. And then things that were such a passion of mine, things that I thought I would never lose just ended up slipping away. And then, you know, five years later, well, not five years later, one year later, I was 350 pounds. I've gained 125, 130 pounds in the span of a year. And then I stayed at that weight for about five years until I was like 27. 
until the most recent transformation, which is me right now. Wow. That's, uh, that's you, so you've been through quite the journey, you know, and even going back to kind of where we started is that, you know, it's, it's interesting. So many, I, I've spent my life working with people through the journey of transformation. And I'll tell you straight up, like most overweight, obese people that I, that I work with, they got sleeper bods, man. They got so much mm-hmm. muscle underneath <laughs> it and they don't even realize it. And I'm sitting For there sure. like rubbing my hands and licking my chops. And they're like, what are you looking at? Why, why are you looking at me like that? And I'm like, man, you don't even know what you got underneath there, you know? <laughs> so no, it's, it's fun, dude. And I, I, I love, I love to see, I mean, obviously where, where you are now, but, um, it's interesting, you know, how, how you, you lost the weight and then you gained it back and now you've mm-hmm. lost it again. It's so like, uh, this is a very common journey for a lot of people, this, mm-hmm. you know, weight mm-hmm. loss, weight gain, weight lost again. Mm-hmm. If you don't mind my asking, um, and, and you did mention, you know, you got into business with a previous partner and then yeah, a bunch of things happened. What was that trigger? What, what, what was like that point at which you really started gaining the weight back? What, what triggered it? Honestly, it's tough to say because it doesn't happen right away, right? It's like little mistakes that you do, things that were non-negotiables for you back in the day. Like I will never miss a workout or I will never do this unplanned, unscheduled. I will never have a cheat meal that I didn't schedule or plan. Start to slip away. And and like I didn't grow up poor or broke, but I, I had to be conscious of how much money I was spending on food, going out, like enjoying my life, partying, how much I was spending drinking. Like I had to manage my budget. And when we started the business, luckily we saw immediate success and made a for for a 22 year old, we were making crazy money. And so then that stopped being a thing. Like I didn't have to worry about what I was spending anymore. And so I would grab Uber Eats literally every single day. And it would start by how it all started was me saying, you know, I need to work on something. I don't have to, I don't have the time to cook right now, or I don't have the time to meal prep. So let me just order something real quick and get it done with. And then, you know, after one or two times, after after a week, you still have that guilt because you're still anchored to your previous identity of being the person who is on top of their fitness, on top of their health. And so once that guilt slowly fades away mm. in the sense that, like, I don't feel bad about doing it to a point where you stop thinking about it completely. And then that's when stuff just nosedives because and we tend to think about what is consciously at the top of our mind. And once you lose conscious awareness of the things you are doing and you are on pure autopilot heading Mm. for a mountain in the wrong direction, you kind of don't have, you're not controlling anything at that point. You're just moving with the flow. And that's what I went to. So it's not like there was a split trigger, some major traumatic event happened. It was literally like a few poor decisions that snowballed into me stopping to think about, you know, or reevaluate my life. Uh, I wonder if like so you yeah. suffered from the thing, what I think a lot of people is, which is you did it once you, you did all the weight loss. You stayed fit for seven years. Like you were really in it. And in some way, shape or form, I'll bet in your brain, you were like, I can let this slide because I did it once. I'll just, when I, when I really need to, I'll get back mm-hmm. into it. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. I can imagine that conversation taking place yep. internally. And you know, mm-hmm. what I, I heard in there, he said he had certain non-negotiables. And he started breaking those promises to himself to a point mm-hmm. where you just, you started to get numb to it. You break so many of those promises and you just get numb. And then you said autopilot. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah. And you know, it's, it's really interesting. That is the common denominator on every transformation that I've ever seen. 
happen is mm-hmm. like it's about keep making and keeping those promises to yourself and you speak mm-hmm. very, like uh, and again listening to so many of your motivational talks you speak very very passionately about this because it sounds Thank like you, that is what has changed your life is making promises and keeping them that's literally all it comes down to is like the more and more and this doesn't go for fitness this goes for every aspect of your life when you make a promise and you stick to it and you commit to it, you get a sense of pride in what you are doing. You own a sense of who you are. And so, and it goes the other way around too. The more and more you break promises to yourself, the less you trust or less value you have in your own word. And that's how people lose confidence. That's how people can't even look other people in the eyes and like just say, hello, my name is Bishoy and just have a regular conversation because you are ashamed, not of the way you look, you are ashamed of what that appearance is signifying to other people because it signifies a bunch of things on the back end that you are not a person of your word. You don't keep the promises you made to yourself. How many times do people tell themselves, I'm going to work out, I'm going to do this, I'm going to start on Monday. And then years and years and years go by, you haven't done anything. And you've not only told that to yourself, you've told that to your wife, to your sister, to your family, and no one believes you anymore. And that's, that's, that's what it comes down to. Golly, you guys are cut from the same cloth. Like, I'm not kidding you, Bisho. He has literally (laughs) said that sentence verbatim, the one you just delivered. He's delivered that sentence verbatim a hundred times in this podcast. You guys are cut from the same cloth. But but this is why you need a platform because – Bishoy, think about all the people in the world that need to know this because they're out there trying – they're running after a diet Mm -hmm. or they're running after a, a workout. But the path is mm-hmm. always right there. And the path is mm-hmm. what you just said. It's about keeping your promises to yourself because that's what instills that confidence. This, mm-hmm. is, this is why I've been so excited to, to speak with this man right I here because it. you need a platform, man. You, you've got, you've got some, some value, some information that the world needs to know. Man. Thank you, man. No, thank, thank you. you. So what was, what was the point at which you just said enough is enough? Yeah, was what, it a number? Was it a feeling? No, so there's a, there was a bunch of things that led up to me making the final straw, the final decision to get going. There's countless of examples that should have been the last time for me and they weren't, which is like looking back is like, how did that not snap you into shape? Like I remember the first plane plane I took that I got on the plane, sat down in the seat and I'm no longer closing that seatbelt anymore. And I'm like, I thought they were going to kick me off the plane. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know seatbelt extenders existed. And so I like secretly tell the flight attendant, she comes with a seatbelt extender. I'm so embarrassed, man. And I'm like, dude, like when I get back from this vacation, I'm going to change everything. And obviously you get home, you kind of lose that sense of what gave you that pain in that moment, things started to fade away. And then, you know, you just get back into your old ways because it's very tough to break a habit without actually having a plan, without actually having like to do it for an extended periods of time. And people think, you know, there's like that cliche statement of 21 days to break, to make a habit. Personally, man, I've done 21 days a ton, ton of times. It's not enough time for you to actually build a habit in my opinion like i think closer to like 60 closer to 70 days is what it takes of doing something every single day and so that was one example but the final like the biggest straw for me that should have like made me change which didn't which is still baffling to me is like one day i was sitting on my laptop working away which is what i did most of my life or most of the time where i was obese is like i would literally wake up roll over, order Uber Eats, and then just go on the balcony, smoke a bunch of cigarettes, drink my coffee, wait for that food to come. I'd grab that food, go to my bedroom, lay in bed, eat it, work on my laptop all day. I barely moved. It was like I was trying to conserve any amount of calories that I took in. 
And uh, I was working away on my laptop and then all of a sudden I feel this weird white flashing light in my eye and I'm like, yo, what is going on? Like mm. something's not right. I look in the I look in a mirror and I'm looking at it. I'm like thinking something's in my eye trying to brush it off and nothing's there. And I close my eyes and it's still flashing this white light with my eyes closed. And then all of a sudden this huge gush rushes down my entire body. I'm thinking I'm having a heart attack, a panic attack. Uh, or, or like a stroke or something. I've never had anything that ex- I've experienced anything like that. So I call one of my friends and I'm like, yo, yo, I think I'm having a heart attack. Come by or like call 911. Cause I was worried that if I passed out, the paramedics wouldn't be able to knock on my door or get through to my door. So I called my friend first, let him know what was happening. Paramedics come long story short. I go meet them downstairs. Cause I'm in pure panic. I'm worried that I'm going to pass out in my apartment and die with a heart attack. So I'm sitting in the back of that ambulance with my gurney in the gurney strapped up to all those machines. They're checking my heart. They're checking my EKG, my blood pressure, everything. And laying down in that gurney, my heart rate was 180 beats per minute, just resting, not even moving a single muscle. And like, man, I thought that was it. Like that was that was like a near death experience in my eyes because I thought that was it. I called my brother, like telling him I love you, say bye to mom and dad. Like, I think I'm dying. I'm betting, begging the paramedics, like, please don't let me die, man. Please don't let me die. And we get to the hospital, they're running a full day's worth of tests, like everything in the books. And it turns out to be nothing. Nothing is physically wrong with me. It's literally just, it was my first ever panic attack. And I've never experienced anything like that. And, you know, I didn't grow up with depression or grow up with anxiety or anything like that. So I didn't, I'd never had any experience like that before. And the crazy thing is, man, for years after that, I had a panic attack every single day because, you know, it, I, it stemmed from my lack of confidence in my health. And so if I didn't take any action toward bettering my health, I was for like, I was stuck in that mindset, like every little twitch, every little twinkle in my eye, I would spiral down a bad path thinking like, this is it. I'm having a stroke call 911. Like I was in such a bad mental place for about an entire year until I started working out a few times a week, like nothing crazy, but it was enough to kind of like suppress that feeling enough, not enough to, change my identity, change who I was, but it was enough to suppress the poor feelings that I was having of, of my health. And I let that coast for another three years until I finally decided to, this is it. I got to change, man. Like I got to take my life into my own hands. And luckily my friend at the time had done a program called 75 hard by Andy Fursella. He did that the year before. And so he was coming and doing his second round with me or sorry, he was doing a second round in March. And that's when he asked me, he's like, Hey man, do you want to kind of do this with me? I'm doing it again. And I saw how this guy transformed and I wasn't even talking physically. I was talking mentally. Like he became a guy who did not take shit anymore. Like he stuck to his word, everything he said, he became like a doer, like anything he said he would do, he would get done. And I'm like, I got to give this a shot. So I did the 75 days and that literally took me into two years of still now two and a half years of me doing that program basically straight. I take a weekend off and then pop into another 75 day grind. Wow. So so really quick for everyone listening. I mean, by the way, holy crap, what a story. Well, it's my story. Yeah. That's what I can't. That's what I'm sitting over here, uh, Bishoy, thinking about. So July 12th, 2021, same thing happens to me. Heart coming out of my chest. I think I'm having a cardiac event. I go to the hospital and they literally come back to me with the exact same story you just said. They said, hey, buddy, sorry, we can't find anything. Physically, you are mm-hmm. absolutely fine. And in that moment, I knew that it was mental or spiritual or both. Mm-hmm. And it was time mm-hmm. for me to get 
my shit figured out, like right then mm-hmm. and there. And it's, so it's just amazing to hear other people articulate a moment that looks so similar to it. And man, on, on one hand, you hate that you have to go through that. But dude, on the other, what a gift. What a wake up mm-hmm. call. What a, mm-hmm. what a, hey, why don't you start to put your life in the right direction or else? Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and way to dispel the myth that the mental health and physical health are two different worlds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, go figure. So I mean, can I ask you to, because I know what it was like for me in that moment where they came in and they were like, you're physically fine. You got to mm-hmm. just, you got to go do other things. Were you at a stage where you were like, I kind of know that I need to get myself together? Or was that indeed the wake up call moment for you? Well, no, that was not the wake up call moment for me. Like the, the wake up call moment for me was all those things summed up. There was not a single moment where I was like, you know, this is the moment that I've changed. It was like just a sum of me doing what I said I was going to do. But mm. it's funny that you say that you automatically thought that, you know, it's something spiritual, something mental, because for me, it was literally the opposite. I did not want to accept that it was something mental or something phys- or something spiritual. I wanted to put the it was almost this sounds so bad and so crazy, but it almost would have been easier for me to accept that I had a physiological thing wrong with me Mm. than to have to own up to everything that I was doing. Because there's a difference. If it's mental, then it is fully in your hands. It's something that you can control. It's something you can change, but it's something physical. You're like, you know, it's just the hand I was dealt. There's not much I could do. And it's so we tend to do that a lot with a ton of things is like try to pass on ownership, trying to throw off any sort of self-awareness self-respect or self like any sort of self accountability for the things going wrong in our life and so it was almost easier for me to try to say no something's wrong and i'd be have to like i I was so focused on saying or pushing it off as it's something physically wrong you guys are not doing the right test something is missing Mm -hmm. you guys are missing something because i didn't want to accept that and so that's that was my reaction when they asked me when they told me nothing's wrong with me when, when, and how did you take responsibility for yourself then? And what, what was that point? So I remember the, the point was literally that 75 hard story I just said with my friend, like that was it. And it's not even like that. There's all those things that obviously lead up to you thinking I'm not healthy. I, I have no confidence in my health. Obviously all these panic and all this like anxiety is stemming from me not having confidence in my health. But there was no moment where I was like, this is what I have to do. I'd go on for, you know, two, three weeks and then some major event would happen. Like I had to go on a trip or I had to do a business thing. And then I hadn't done it long enough for it to become a habit yet. And Mm -hmm. so that's why I'm such an advocate of doing the 75 hard program or any sort of program that instills you having to do something every single day for 75 days and I'm, or what, however number, like an extended period of time, because even like having to do two workouts a day, that's counterproductive to you gain. Like people need rest days, all that stuff. Right. But people think that they have to go hard for 75 days straight. No, for me, like at some point I was doing that for the 75 days, but now when I'm at, when people ask me what to do, I'm like, listen, you just have to do something for 75 days. It doesn't mean you have to go run 10 K every day for 75 days. It means take your rest day, but keep the time block that you had blocked out for that activity. Keep that doing some sort of lighter activity. So go for a walk or go for a little bike ride or do something. Cause you want to keep that time block activity active in your mind until you know, you turn it into a habit. And so that's, yes. that was what changed it all for me, man. I'm a huge believer in that, especially because one day, one day off can quickly turn into two. 
and can quickly mm-hmm. turn into three. So I'm with you there. You have to, you have to protect that time for yourself every single day mm-hmm. because it's about protecting the promise, that commitment that mm-hmm. you made yourself. How did you overcome your man. guilt, man? I, I think that's one of the things that's a real restraint for people. We talk about it a lot on this podcast that guilt and shame are the two words and fear. You could throw mm-hmm. that in there. That'll really mm-hmm. just make it so you can't even move. Um, what did you do to kind of s- settle down your guilt? Well, the way I view guilt is a little differently, man. I view guilt as like a blessing because it is your inherent biological self or your mind or some sort of higher being telling you that what you're doing is not living in accordance with your life standard. And so for me, guilt is not a bad thing. I, You should feel guilty about the things that you're doing because that means you have a moral compass in the way you should move and direct your life. Without the guilt no one would do anything. Cause like, you know, I wake up, I don't, uh, let's say I wake up, I lay on the couch all day, watch TV. It's that guilt that should drive you to be like, I should do more with my life. It's that guilt that should drive you to be like, I should probably get up and do something, do my work, do this work out. So for me, I don't view guilt as a bad thing. I never want to get rid of my guilt because the guilt is what drives me to move in the right direction. But in a sense, like you lose guilt you lose guilt in some sense by doing the things that you committed to doing because I have nothing to feel guilty about now because I'm on my path and purpose doing the things that I set out to do. I wake up, I have a list of five things I'm going to do that day and those five things get done. I could lay my head on that bed at the end of the day feeling accomplished, feeling proud of everything that I said I would do that day. And so that's what it come, came down to for me, man. Wow. What, what are those things? Like, so, so you wake up in the morning. What are your non-negotiables every single day? So I wake up, the first thing I do is chug a bunch of water, make my bed and take my progress photo and I'm out the door hitting a 10K run every single day. And then I get back, I eat my breakfast, I work on for eight hours on my computer for working on my business, hit my second workout, do my lifting session, come back, read, journal, meditate, and then I'll take the last hour of the day to kind of decompress scroll on my phone, watch whatever I want to watch, and then leave my phone outside of my room, go to sleep. Mm, you wow. mentioned earlier That's my- like that you would, you know, you kind of wake up, smoke cigarettes, drink coffee, get wait for the Uber Eats to get there. Um, mm-hmm. how, how, how long did it take you to maybe break some of those habits and set down, you know, because I, I, I'm, or maybe it was like overnight you made the conscious decision, I'm done smoking, I'm done Uber eating, I'm done this, I'm done that. Uh, did it, did it take a while to break some of those addictions? Yeah, no. So what I did was first, when I quit smoking, I went to vaping. And so I thought that was a healthier way. And then eventually I dropped the vape and slowly weaned off of that. And so, and then the Uber eats, I kind of had to do it overnight because I was doing the 75 hard program. And that program says you have to stick to a diet and the diet I chose was keto. I also decided not to order out at all during that 75 days. And so had I, ordered uber eats one day i would have failed and had to restart from day one and so it kind of that's why like i committed wholeheartedly to the tasks of 75 hard and i didn't like that became my number one priority and as bad as that sounds man like it came after everything because if you're not taking care of yourself you got to pay yourself first before you can carry up anyone else i think Mm. and so um, you know, I didn't care about my business. I didn't care about my friendships to a point. Like, obviously 
it, it's not that I didn't care. They became a lower priority because everything you do in life, whether you want to speak about it or not, is done in accordance with some sort of internal priority system that you have in your head. So that became number one. And, you know, you think that not making a decision on what your priorities are is like leaving it out there. No, you are making a decision to not do anything. It's it, it, everything comes down to a decision of whether you're sticking to your priorities or not. And so I put that as number one, my business and friendships and family came second. Obviously, that didn't mean I fully neglected them, but it meant if I couldn't go out to dinner, if I couldn't go visit my parents one week because I had to do my 75 hard tasks, then that came first. And I had to do that until that became such an integral part of my life that as crazy as this sounds to a lot of people, and I know a lot of your audience is sitting there thinking like, this will never be the case. But I promise you, if you do something for so long enough, for such a long enough period of time, this will become the case. The the two workouts, the diet, the drinking a gallon of water is literally the easiest part of my life right now. That is on pure autopilot. I don't even have to think about it. It just automatically gets done. And all that resistance you have when you wake up in the morning and you're thinking about it, you're like, oh, God, I got to go out. I got to do this. That fades away. Mm-hmm. It eventually will fade away and you just do what you need to do. Yes. And so if you're in a place right now and you're sitting down thinking like, man, every single aching moment, I'm like dreading these things, that will fade, I promise you. So you're talking about your friends and your family. Um, what was the – did you have difficulty with your support system? Did you lose friends? Did you, did you strain any relationships or did they get better? So I think I didn't lose any friends in the sense that I made a conscious decision to cut people out of my life. I think naturally when you're operating at a different level now, you, people just end up drifting off. And so the the depth of relationships that stayed has strengthened like crazy. Like mm-hmm. the friends that I have, because now it's like we're you, you can't be friends with people naturally that are on a different path, like a significantly different path. For example, if your friend group right now goes out every weekend, parties, drinks, smokes, does drugs, whatever they do, naturally, if you're not doing it that anymore, you're not going to resonate with those actions anymore. You're going to miss out on some of those events. And eventually those friendships kind of naturally fizzle out. Mm. But the friends that you keep that are the ones doing the same exact things as you are, same general direction you're moving, those friendships get so much deeper because you guys are both going to war every single day on whatever things you guys are working on, whether that be fitness, whether that be business. And so you guys develop some sort of camaraderie in what you're doing. And those friendships become so deep, so, so, so much more meaningful than some surface layer level relationships of like people that you just party with. You know what I mean? Such a great answer. Such a great answer. And and those are the relationships that you want to nurture for the rest of your life. It's these people that will make you, they'll make you better. Right. They'll constantly mm-hmm. push you, man. That's freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. Dude, I have to ask, can, if you don't mind, <laughs> yeah. about the transformation. And for those of you who are watching on our YouTube feed right now, I'm going to put up a picture that uh, Bishoy has uh, put up on his Instagram. It's one of the first pinned posts that he has. But, man, that that photo right there, the before, after, day one and day 75, uh, you know, just a couple of years later, it's such a major transformation and just in terms of the physical form. And here's the question that I want to ask you. For how long after you're cut up and looking good, I always wonder, when you look in the mirror, do you still see versions of that guy on the left? Or are you only seeing the guy on the right these days? 
That's a good question, man. Cause I, I don't, it, it's crazy. Cause I have a hard time, like just looking at what I've accomplished. Cause I'm always, my sight is on what is next. Like that's, I, I don't really think of, I don't ever take the time to sit down and like, you know, dwell on what I've done. Cause I don't want to get complacent. I want to move on to the next thing. I want to keep chasing. There's always more you could do. There's never a place where you are just coasting in life or else, you know, you're going to start moving backwards. And so, you know, I definitely look in the mirror and be like, man, like you, I like the way I look, but I'm thinking there's more that I could do now, not even just with my physical physique, but right now my, all, all my goals are mental related. Like how, how far can I push my mind to being able to do crazy things? Like, like my friend just ran a hundred kilometer race the other day, uh, last weekend. And I did the last 40 with him. And these are the type of friendships that I have now. And so now that guy's pushed the bar to a hundred K and now I got to chase that too. And so like, that's just the next thing that I want to do. And and in life, that's how it is, man. You got to keep like surrounding yourself with people that push you toward that next thing. And so I look at myself in the mirror, I'm content. I'm happy with where I'm at, but I know that I could be better. Absolutely. Gosh. Holy smokes. We're man. getting ready to run a yeah. 10K with Lululemon, and I've never done a 10K before in my life, and so I'm tempted to ask you for some uh, some training tips. <laughs> what, what do I need yeah. to know, yeah. Bishoy? What, what do I need to know? What would you tell Matthew? Man, I'd just say stay hydrated and just you got to do some like runs before then. Get your – get the, you know, honestly, a lot of the things, man, that with like any sort of thing that you're taking on, it's just acclimating yourself to doing that. So like – part of running a marathon or something like that is about you being able to train up to close to that so you can feel what it's like to get real close to it without even having to do the whole thing but man like it's just it's crazy because 10k when i first started was so like mind-boggling like i i couldn't run for more than two minutes man like before i had to stop to catch my breath and now i'm running 10 kilometers every single day uh, like at a pretty good pace so it's like all these big mountains that you think you cannot climb eventually you etch your way up there and then that becomes the baseline and then that the the goalpost moves to the next thing and so man you just got to stay at it that's what i would do that's good (laughs) advice i I gotta get in there i do have to start i mean that's what i'm you kind of uh what's the word dreading yeah it's just you know getting on the getting on the treadmill again and just doing a little bit of a run like you said just mm-hmm. just get your body acclimated to that kind of volume you know that kind of movement you don't have to do a full 10k just get mm-hmm. used to a 5k if you could do a 5k you'll knock out a 10k no problem okay Fair <laughs> enough. You'll, you'll get there fair enough so bishoy um you mentioned also earlier like you're you're on autopilot now mm-hmm. water's easy the nutrition's mm-hmm. easy the workouts are easy mm-hmm. what isn't easy right now what do you still struggle with Right now, I think it's just managing the, all the things that I want to accomplish. Because, like, when, when you become some like on another, when you try to become a high achiever, when you're trying to achieve some great things, it's just time management becomes a very difficult thing because you have so many things you want to accomplishment accomplish, and so. Man, it's just like trying to get as much things as you get can get done. And you, we all know this. You set you set aside like an hour to do a thing, and then it never takes that hour, man. Oh, so you, yeah. you're like, then you're then you feel like you're behind. And so right now it's just like either become more realistic with what I want to do in a set amount of time, or you know find a way to automate and find a way to like you know 
autopilot, other things. And, and the way to do that, man, I say this a lot is like, you look at high achievers like Elon Musk or anyone who has achieved crazy things. They're running multi-billion dollar industries. And you're like, man, I don't even have time to cook a breakfast. How do these guys offer or how do these guys operate Tesla, SpaceX, all these things. And I truly believe it's turning as many things on autopilot as possible. Cause you know, on a very let's go back down to like the most rudimentary level like you don't think about how many times you have to tie your shoe and it's because you've done it thousands of times you do it every single time you walk out the door you don't even think about it and so i think these high achievers the way they automate their life is by doing something for set amount for such a long time that those things don't take up any mental calories because as long as because everything takes up mental calories, man. It's yeah. either you, you you wake up every day and you have a finite amount of things that you can think about and how much time and energy you can devote to that thing. And so if I don't have to think about running anymore, I don't have to think about cooking, I don't have to think about working out because those things are all on autopilot, what else can I do that with? Because I do that such on, on such a recurring basis. It's become a part of my life. And that frees up all your time, all your energy to focus on new things. And that's how these successful people are able to – take on more and more things because they keep automating parts of their life and putting that on autopilot. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. It's funny. Um, I, you mentioned, uh, Andy Frisell, of course, 75 hard. I was listening to an interview with him the other day and he also said something and you 100% fit into this category. He said, high achievers never feel like they're doing enough. They always, That's they the always feel like they're behind. So mm-hmm. you, you, have you swallowed the pill? that you're probably going to feel like this forever. And by the way, that's a really good thing because it keeps you hungry and it, I it, agree, it, man. it keeps you striving for more. And then like the, you have that in spades, dude, you will always be hungry. I don't think you'll ever be satisfied. Just listen. Appreciate to that, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. Sure. That, that's, it's a tough thing to take in. Cause man, like at some point you want to be able to like, you know, get to where you want to go, but that's what you got. That's like the paradox of life is you got to understand that, Every time you have you reach a goal, the goals are not meant to be met. If you meet your goals and just stop, that's it. Yeah. The goals keep moving. And so if you just hit your goal and do nothing after, then you're not you're not gonna move forward. And so the goals in my mind are never meant to be met. They're meant to push you up. Dude. So what <laughs> there's nothing you can't do. What's next for Bashoy? Man, honestly, the next thing I want to do is help as many people as possible. Because the thing is, man, like I look at a lot of people and I I don't realize this because, you know, I'm surrounded by a lot of people that are doing great things and I have a great support system and everyone around me is a bunch of killers. They're hustlers. They're grinding through everything. And so what I want to do is kind of be that online uh someone that's someone that people can look to to show them that it's possible because a lot of people like to write things off as lack of knowledge or lack of understanding in something and i'm i promise you i'm sitting here i'm not even remotely educated on the fitness space i'm not that smart in terms of like knowing what to eat what to exercise i don't know all these funky things you can all that stuff is like gonna get you an extra couple of percent better 90% of it is just consistency, doing the work every single day. And so, you know, it's not a lack of knowledge. You don't need to learn any more than you know right now. You just need to get started. And every single thing you will learn along the way, everything you need to learn will come at the right time. Just just get started and you'll figure it out along the way. I have a that's question. the thing that I want to push to people. I and and that, I love man. that. And I he, believe that. And he's already become that, right? That's like it. in a lot of ways, you already are that online resource for a lot of people. And we, the, your credibility, because you, you you sound like maybe you struggle with what I struggle with sometimes, which is, uh, what do they call it? 
uh, imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, where you're like, I don't know enough, and and should I be the guy really telling people all of these things? And my answer to that question is yes, 100%. You should because you're the guy who lived it. You went through it, mm-hmm. so you're you're an expert in your journey for sure. Is there any one thing that you learned over the course of these last few years that's worth passing along to to, to other people? In terms of like actual knowledge or just like mindset thing? I think we're good. We have to stay in the mindset. Yeah. Yeah, Because that's really what transformation is about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Honestly, it's just making a promise, committing to it, and then doing that for extended periods of time will take you much further than learning any sort of thing that'll tweak. Because people focus on every single detail. They want to know what the best diet is. They want to know what to, what the best exercise is. They want to do this. They want to do this. And the thing is, man, there's so much conflicting things online of hundreds of people, hundreds of people swearing by hundreds of different things. And what that tells me is they all work, man. All you have to do is just do something and stick to it for long enough. And so it doesn't matter if you're keto, low carb, you know, paleo, vegan, whatever you want to do, just like pick something and ride with it and go with it and just stop hopping between 10 different things thinking like, Oh, this guy said this. And then this guy's bashing keto. So I'm not going to do keto. And then you end up information overloading yourself mm. and not doing a single thing. Spot on. Yeah. Spot on. Yeah, dude, they, I they, love you're right. that they all work. And the thing is the path for all of them is right there. And the path is that consistency. Well, make a promise and keep it simple as that. And I was thinking, I was going to ask you, you know, we've had a lot, we've had different uh, specialists on this podcast before. And one of the things that's landed with me is this idea of intuitive eating. Mm-hmm. And I also feel like that there's, there, there could be a discussion around intuitive transformation. Like what do you, what is your body instinctively telling you to do? Is it, is it kind of shouting at you to start drinking more water, to move more? Are you starting mm-hmm. to get those little nudges like, hey, maybe I should get back into the gym or maybe mm-hmm. I should try this diet? Like listen to those little voices, I think is what I'm hearing. For sure. Well, now, And, and Bashoy, correct me if, if you disagree. Um, in, in my experience, a lot of times people, they don't have that body awareness yet. And mm-hmm. then, but the more that they start to live it and the more that those certain habits become reflexive and they don't think about it anymore, all of a sudden you start to f- pay attention. But a, a lot of the folks I work with early on, they, they can't listen to those cues because their body's talking to them, but they just haven't, Got they, it. they haven't deciphered the language. It's oh, like okay. the body's speaking Mandarin Chinese. They just don't know a lick of, <laughs> they don't know a right. lick of it. And then they, they learn a few words like, oh my gosh, no, I'm hungry. This is what I need. This is what I don't need. So yeah, but mm-hmm. absolutely. Intuitive eating also, it's, it's one of those things that's like one of the many tools that you can absolutely For use. Sure. And other times it's a structured diet works really well. But yeah, dude, it, the, the path, the secret path is make mm-hmm. a promise, stick to it over a long period of time. Like you mm-hmm. say, Bishoy, man, that you're, you're spot on, dude. That's it. Thank you, man. Yeah. And I definitely agree with what you guys are saying with the intuitive eating thing, but I think it's it's a very slippery slope for someone who's just starting out because intuitively when you're just starting out, you're like, ah, you know, I want that pizza. It's intuitive. <laughs> I want, I don't. Because naturally, man, when that's your current, when that's your current state, you know, you kind of, you, you got to, it's a fine line between deciphering Am I, you know, trying to compromise here or am I genuinely thinking that this thing's going to benefit me? And so mm. it takes a little bit of time to get to the point where you're not, you, you kind of cut all the BS and you're like, this is actually something that's going to benefit me and not just me trying to compromise or finding a way to weasel around what I committed to doing. You know what I mean? Absolutely. All right. Last, yeah. last few questions here as we kind of wind down and get to name that tune with Bishoy. 
more than anything, brother, I'm going to make a statement. You're on a mission to helping a lot of people. You're well on your way, and we're here to support that mission for you. So I'm, I'm committing to elevating you as best I possibly can. I've already started tagging, tagging you on my social media. We're, we're, you, we're weeks Thank out you. from your podcast episode, but I'm just so excited because I think more people need to hear your message. You're doing a Thank lot you, of good man. in this world. And, and I just want to tell you, uh, on behalf of both of us, we really appreciate who you are, and we support your mission. I appreciate you guys, man. That means a lot to me for real. Likewise. Um, okay. Fun question. Are you dating? Yeah, I am. <laughs> awesome. I am. I am. How, how has your dating life changed over the last few years? <laughs> Honestly, man, the now it's just become like, you know, when you were younger, you're just kind of trying to play around, you know, just trying to get around and get as many girls as you can. And it just <laughs> becomes like, you know, just living the young guy life. But now it's just like, especially when you're so focused on your mission now it's just like anyone who's going to take time away from that better be worth it and so mm. right now like that's what like i stopped chasing the quantity and just like trying to build a meaningful relationship with someone and so that's because everything is a trade-off of time and so right now that's that's kind of my main focus is to build a strong meaningful relationship with the person i'm seeing now has that mentality changed as you build a strong meaningful relationship with yourself yeah, exactly. Because you gain, see, a lot of people try to put their self-worth in terms of anything because they think if if this girl's going to go out with me, then that means I'm worthy of going out with. And a lot of times, man, that's not the case. And so people try to pass off their sense of confidence onto other people by getting that social validation from other people. And I wasn't a weird guy or any like, by any means, like even when I was big, I, I was a very social guy. I was able to like, you know, hold my own. And the thing is, like, when you're when when that's that's almost a negative thing because you're getting all these external validations that are not driving you toward your true purpose because you're getting all these compliments, all these like social validation from other people, but then internally you feel like I don't deserve this because I'm not not even because I was obese. Like I, I have nothing against you being the happy, obese, fat guy or whatever. Like I'm, I have nothing against that. What I'm against is anything that goes against what you internally believe you should have for your life that you don't go for. And so if you are guilty or not feeling good about something, you should use that as a way to change and transform into the person that you so desperately want to be. Yes. And so that that's what I'm against the most, or that's what I believe the most. And so that's, that's kind of what you have to do with relationships, with friendships and everything. Beautifully put. Man. Beautifully put. All right. Well, yeah, listen, I love it. Do you like music? I do. All right. Well, let's uh, <laughs> let's throw him through uh, a, a little round of name that tune this uh, today here on the I needed that podcast. Oh, yeah, let's go. So, Bashari, what's uh, what genre of music do you prefer? Oh man, everything, but uh, just rap, Drake, whatever. Okay. <laughs> I, I had him. I had him pegged, didn't I? Say I had him pegged as, as a hip hop guy. Absolutely. I mean, but who isn't? That's actually pretty. Yeah, good. right. Of course, you got to drop Drake because you're you're Canadian. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have to. <laughs> you got to got to give him some love. Drake was just yeah. in Phoenix a couple of weeks ago, and he announced that he's going to be moving to Phoenix a couple of months out of the year so that he can watch his boys Devin Booker and Kevin Durant <sighs> play basketball. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. That's cool. All right, man. Well, listen. Here's how to name that tune works uh we're gonna give you a song you're gonna get the opening three to five seconds of that song and then you got to tell us title and artist oh man i don't know <laughs> if i'm good at that we'll see how that goes we'll, we'll see buddy we'll see but chris can help you out if you need it okay? matthew's got okay, it I think, I think you got it queued I up right it. here we go man. all right let's Listen go up. here it goes 
I know it. Yeah, I know it. Go Justin ahead. Timberlake. Yeah. I'm bringing sexy back. Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> you got this. <laughs> He's so fantastic. Good one. He's so fantastic. Man, Bishoy, thank you so much for coming on our podcast today and gracing us with your beautiful mind, man. It's so refreshing to hear these stories, and we're really just so grateful, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, guys. This was a dope chat, man. I loved every second of it. Awesome, All right, man. man. Well, let, let's keep this going. Like I said, we are here to support you. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's get you out there. More people, they need to hear your message. Thank you, man. That means a lot. Okay. All right, all right guys. Much we'll, love, my friend. We'll tag him in the show notes so you guys can go and experience all the greatness that he is building in his own life. And, uh, hey, man, open invitation. If you're in um, Scottsdale, Arizona, November 12th, we're going to be running a 10K with Lululemon. We'd love to run with, with you. Amazing, man. Awesome. Thank so, you. Now. <laughs> for everyone listening, Bishoy Kella, you can follow him on Instagram for some of the most incredible motivation and inspiration ever. K-H-E-L-L-A is how you spell his last name. B-I-S-H-O-I. So Bishoy Kella at, right? So there it's it is. at Bishoy Kella on Instagram. Beautiful. Cool. All right, buddy. Listen, thank, thank you, you so much. Have a great day, okay? Take care, brother. You as well. All Cheers. Right. Thank you. See you next right, time. You. What an unbelievable guest, dude. Bro. What an unbelievable guest. I knew, just, and again, I knew he's a motivational and inspirational guy, but he, again... Man, he, he hit upon probably 15 or 20 of the most powerful life lessons when it comes to transformation in 45 minutes. Yes. That was wild. Yes. That and was can incredible. I tell you, I, I, I wrote down a few things that were so meaningful me, uh, for mm. me. Guilt is a blessing. The way he explained <sighs> guilt, I've never had it put that way before, and I got chills up and down my spine when he was talking about yeah. that. He said it means you've got a moral compass. Boom. Amazing. Like, I... Because, you know, guilt and shame are two emotions that I deem pretty useless. We have a tendency to nowadays. Yeah, shame for sure, useless. Yes. But maybe in this definition, guilt is useful. I, he changed my mindset in that moment it, the, of my thoughts about guilt and shame because I had deemed them as bad. And you know what? If you, if you look at them that way. And that's, interesting. that's what it means. It means th there is a moral compass inside of you saying, hey, you know what? You're doing something wrong here. Like it, it could be better. You're, you're, you're violating your values and your morals. Right? Yeah. I need to meditate on it because that's a really powerful statement. Yeah. And I will have to unwire some faulty wires if that's the case. A hundred percent. But it gives, it gets giving you the opportunity to change it moving forward. No, I love yeah, it. Clear, yes. Freaking amazing. And I love the two words, mental calories. Mm -hmm. I thought that was such a fun way to put yeah. how we spend our time and our energy. Yeah. And then finally, he said something that we get to say so much on this podcast, which was make your promise and keep it. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, again, it, it always anchors to that one foundation. Everything does. I mean, every keto transformation, yeah. every vegan, every uh, every diet. You know, you talk about Zone, Atkins, South Beach, Orange, Pritikin. We talk about P90X and, I mean, everything. It all comes, it's clear the noise. Be consistent. Honor your word to yourself. Keep your promises. Carve out that time to honor yourself. Like, 
That is the act of, that's the greatest act of love that you can give to yourself. Yeah, that's it. Well, and, and I know we intended to do this deep dive today on writing yourself back into your life. And I think it's, it's actually going to be a very short deep dive because I had all these things planned that I wanted to say to everybody today. Yeah. But Bishoy has really articulated them all beautifully, which is, you know, we, we do this to ourselves. You get yourself to a point in your life where one day you look in the mirror and you wonder, what the hell have I done? Who is this person that I have become? What are all these choices that I've made that have led me till this moment? And is this really, truly who I want to be moving forward? And whether it's a panic attack for Bishoy as it was for me, or it's some other big life event where you, you experience that moment of clarity and you say, I wanna do something different in my life. I know because I'm doing it. Bishoy know, knows because he's done it. You know because you've done it. There is a way to write yourself back into your life, but as he said, as you always say, as I was planning to say, it starts with keeping those promises to yourself. Just one. Every you day. Just, just make one, and then you keep it every day. Unbelievable. Yeah. That's it. Unbelievable. Um, all right, so that's it. Like I said, the deep dive was going to be extensive, but I felt like Bishoy just did such a great job of articulating what it means to write yourself back into your life that I don't need to... No, that, that was beautiful for you to, to button it up here and put a bow on it. And, and you're right. You can write yourself back into your life. Yeah. 100%. Starting today. Yeah. Just one promise. Starting today. Promise and keep it. All right. Hey, I'm going to leave you yeah. with a fun fact today as we take off for, for the day. This is something I found <laughs> online that I thought was really, really special. Cows. Ready? Yeah. Cows. You're like, why are you talking about cows? <laughs> yeah, we're, 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 this just took a quick left turn. <laughs> cows have best friends. And studies have been showing that their cow's heart rate increases when they're separated from their BFFs. It's a sign of stress. Wow. And so I wonder how many of us just need to, as Bishoy said, strengthen those friendships by starting with yourself. Because you heard him say, when he started to go down that road of taking care of himself, every one of his meaningful friendships got better. Yeah. And the other other not-so-meaningful ones drifted away. You don't have to cut them. They'll drift. They'll, they'll give, do what they want. Give it right? time, and they will slowly drift away. Yeah. yeah. So That's maybe we just need more community in our lives. Yeah. Maybe we just need to be around our friends more. And the pandemic has made that tough yeah. for some folks. And yeah. so Deep, meaningful relationships. They're actually, I mean, they're one of the major components of mental health. It's, our, it's social health. You know, mental, so physical, important. social health. It's this holistic approach. You can't. Again, you can't talk about one without the others. Amazing. Yeah. All right, everything. guys, that's going to do it for us. Don't forget about the Lululemon 10K Tour. We're going to run it with you November 12th. The sign-up link is in our show notes. We hope that you have the most incredible week. And please remember to make your promises and keep them. Keep them. Love you guys. See you next we'll time. We'll see you next time.